Podcasting from a sex-writing cave somewhere in the middle of the internet, this is The Smutlancer Show, a weekly podcast where we discuss writing about sex and getting paid to do it. The Smutlancer Podcast is hosted by Kayla Lords and Molly Moore, two sex bloggers who have more ideas than they have time in the day. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smutlancer Podcast is produced weekly, except during those times when we finally admit we need a mini vacation. Show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. When you're ready to take your smutlancing career to a new level, join the Smutlancers community on Patreon. For as little as $5 per month, you can ask questions, get answers, and interact with both Molly and Kayla and an entire community of other people who create content about sex and want to get paid to do it. Head over to patreon.com slash thesmutlancers. That's patreon.com slash thesmutlancers to learn more. to the Smart Lancer podcast um, with me, Molly Moore. Usually um, it's just me, but this week I have a fabulous special guest with me who's come on to talk about their Smart Lancing life, and that is Victoria Bliss. Hi, Victoria. Hi, Molly. <laughs> so in case the listener, well, the listener isn't going to know, but this is our actually kind of our third attempt at this. Because we tried to record yesterday and technology fucked us big time. And then we just started recording today only to probably be about 15, 20 minutes into it for me to notice that the recording wasn't actually recording. So we're going for a third time lucky, right? Third time lucky. Three is my lucky number. Okay. See? That obviously was meant to be. (laughs) (laughs) Fingers crossed. Right. Oh, my God. Yes. So let's try this again. Let's start at the beginning about your how you started out in the whole smart lancing world. Take us from that like very beginning, what you were doing then. OK, so way back when, many, many years ago, um, I used to write on the Internet and just give it away for free um, on a, a lovely little website called Literotica. Uh-huh. Um, and I loved it. I really enjoyed it. But then I realized that there were these things called call for submissions. And um, publishers would actually pay me for this stuff. So I, I saw one that was like, fit perfectly, a story I'd written. So I sent it off and um, very luckily got a response very quickly to say that this publisher would like this story. Uh, and that was sort of the start of my erotic writer life. Um, which I did for a very long time. I just wrote erotica, short stories, novellas, and eventually novels. Um, and I have been a published author for 13 years now. It might be nearly 14, actually. Uh-huh. Um, and, yeah, that was that's how I began. That's how you began. And that's so, began. right. So when, because that has evolved and changed over time. So what was the what were the things, the triggers along the way that like changed that and got you to kind of the place that you are now? Okay, so a, a big essential part of um writing to make money uh-huh. is that people have to buy your stuff. Right. So as part of having to having to get my work out in front of people, um, I started to go to various different events. Uh, and try and sell my books. Um, 
And through that, I found that other authors were doing the same thing. So I sort of started to think about, well, maybe it'd be a really good idea to have an event where authors can go and sell their stuff to readers, Mm -hmm. but also could get some input themselves because we're a great community. We really like spending time with each other. So from a few thoughts and a few other events, we decided to make our own such event for authors to get together with readers. We do workshops and we sell our books. Um, and that became, so somehow I went from writer to event organizer as well. Uh, <laughs> and at the same time, I was also getting new connections within uh, the sex blogging world, the sex toy world. Um, so I was actually moving towards writing more articles and nonfiction stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so as my world widened, as I started to try and get my books out there, it also got me out there. Uh, so I made more connections and I started my direction of my writing changed a little bit. Right. So what started that change like um, from moving from the fiction to the more kind of like nonfiction type stuff? So that was um, a, a mixture of things, but very much one sort of like pivotal moment for me was I was at Rocky Con one year, speaking to your good self, uh, and Katie Grace, I, I believe, actually. And yes. we were talking about uh, blogs and, and how what we put on them. And you made a very good point about how all author blogs look the same. They read yeah. the same. They have the same content. And um, it really connected with me because I was getting very sick of writing the same thing uh-huh. over and over and over, no matter how many times you try and refresh it, it all comes back to looking the same. Sure. So that for me was a moment where I said, right, no more. I am going to start writing about me. Because mm-hmm. as you pointed out, that's what people want to know. They want to know about the writer. They want to connect right. with me as the author. Um, and luckily my life at that moment changed dramatically because I got into the BDSM scene. And right. I, I suddenly had a lot more to write about. Um, so my my blog became a sex blogger uh, than mm-hmm. erotic writer. Mm-hmm. And I got to know a lot more sex bloggers. I um, met other companies. And I ended up doing some freelance work for various different people, uh, writing non-fiction articles. Because I met them at like Eroticon and other events. Um, and they've gone, oh, you write. Right. You write this for us. And I was like, sure, let's try this. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I found that from writing fiction, I actually moved more to writing either uh-huh. about my real life experiences or doing sort of um, nonfiction article pieces um, on all sorts of topics, but more often than not sort of fetish BDFM ones. Right. Right. And so I know we should probably just have a brief mention about fetish.com as well, because I know that they're one of the places that you write and have a, um, are one of your clients. And that was also, I think, important to say was a situation that arose from meeting them in person. Exactly. I met them at Eroticon. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, when they were doing Fuck.com actually first. Yes. Um, and then they became Fetish.com. And because we spent such a long time um, chatting and finding out the, about each other, um, when they needed some content writing done, they came to me because mm-hmm. we'd met in person um, right. and, and they, they knew me. And that can be such a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you never know when the, the person you've just spoken to for a couple of minutes might remember you mm-hmm. when a job comes up. They might, you know, if you put a little bit of a spark in their brain, it lingers. Right. And so we did discuss this when we tried recording a minute ago. But for you, that has actually been key to your success. Like you have not just pitched people out of the, you know, cold pitch people, all the connections, all the work that you have done has pretty much been from connections you've made from mostly meeting them in person. But if not meeting them in person, then, um, you know, other kind of industry type yeah. connections. Precisely. So um, it's the case of I know a lot of people and my mm-hmm. social media is filled with writers and sex bloggers and that whole sex positive community um so i see and interact with these people all the time and either people will go oh you're a writer do you think you could do this for us or Uh i will see them when they're going oh i need a content writer to do x y or z pitch Uh me um and for me that is, is what worked really well because i'm not sure whether i am the kind of person who could just cold pitch out of the blue Right. And I think it's a very challenging thing to do for most people, actually. Um, and so having ways to get around that and hearing that actually you can create um, a smart lancing career without having to do that, I think is quite important. So clearly, um, coronavirus has made events tricky right now. But let's pretend that wasn't the case or let's, you know, looking into the future, your advice to people would absolutely be go to all the events that you can go to, I suspect. Definitely. I mean, even even if you think, well, I'm not 100% sure this is exactly for me, you know, try anyway, because you never know who else is there. Um, and the more people you know, the more you get yourself out there, uh, the more jobs you're going to get, the more things you're going to be able to do. Right. And then the more your name will be recognized and will be on people's lips. So, you know, when somebody goes, oh, I really need a writer to write about, I don't know, in in my instance, you know, having the shit beaten out of you. Um, <laughs> somebody go, oh, do you know what? Victoria writes about that all the time. Yeah. You should try Victoria Bliss. And the more of that you've got, the better. Uh, and also, you know what? When you take yourself out of your comfort zone and go and meet other people that you might not necessarily my God, you're going to have a great time anyway. And wonderful things will come from that. You will learn. Even if you learn, I'm not going to go to that event again because it really didn't suit me. Yes, that's a really positive way of looking at it, actually, to be like, you will learn something. It may be that 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 wasn't the right place for you, but still take away that as a positive learning experience, not a, oh, no, that was a waste of time. Um, Yeah, yeah. you're sort of honing your um, your audience in some way or your uh, online persona. Sure. Or, or, you know, your whole 
persona. If you work out that certain things aren't for you, you can specialise um, on what right. is for you. Right. It's, like, it's about developing yourself and your brand, essentially, about what exactly services right. you provide. That was the word I was trying to find and could not. So thank you, Molly. <laughs> so let's talk. We did briefly talk before a little bit more about advice to people. Um, obviously, one of them is like go to events. But you had some other advice about particularly if you were swapping from or thinking of swapping from fiction writing to kind of nonfiction article type writing. So you might uh, fiction writing and promoting therein is, is hard work. So you might be thinking that um, doing some articles on the side will be quite easy. Uh, you're right anyway. But actually, it's not quite as stri- simple and straightforward as that because writing articles is very much a different beast from sitting down and writing your books. You might have a little bit of a, a word count, i.e. you might have to get 12,000 words. But when you're writing an article, you're probably more likely going to have to keep it to like 700, 800 words. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you'll, you'll need to add in keywords. You'll need to, um, you'll also need to write the dreaded synopsis, but over and over and over again, mm-hmm. because you have to pitch what your article is going to be. So yeah. you've got to get very good at telling somebody what you're going to provide them in as few words as possible, mm-hmm. because um, otherwise you're not going to get the work. So if, if you think about it and you're like, no, I really think I could do this. It's something I want to do. You want to develop your writing into something different, then go for it. But I would definitely say research it. Have a look at the articles online. Notice how they're um, written. Uh, go to places like fetish.com that has a whole ma- magazine full of them uh, and check out what's out there already. Mm-hmm. Talk to your smut lancer friends um, mm-hmm. about what they do and how they do it. Maybe even look at there's courses and um, there's lots and lots of online courses now for writing of various different kinds. You might find something that will help you hone your skills that you've already got because you're writing fiction, but right. to move it more towards nonfiction. Right. So, any? Do you have any other? Before I move on, any other like burning pieces of burning pieces of advice for smart answers? Anybody like who's starting out or perhaps who's been doing it a little while and not finding it very successful, like anything where you're like, here's my top tips. Top tip is just keep trying. Uh Um, Not everything is going to work. And some days you're going to think, what am I doing? Am I just shouting into the void? (laughs) And the answer sometimes might be yes. Yes, the answer often is yes. I feel like that all the time. But you know what? Just keep trying because you'll never know when that one thing is going to come your way. And also the other thing is write what you enjoy. You know, find your your pleasure and just go for it. You know, because if you make what you're doing a joy, then it's not just about the making of the money. You know, you're having a damn good time at it as well. Right. Which is like double the fun then at that point. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, they say you shouldn't mix, you know, business and fun, but I reckon you definitely should. Oh, I reckon and, you definitely should. <laughs> and basically, that is how my, my um, smut lancing career has come about. Sure. I mix, my, I mix my fun with my business. You know, I Absolutely. literally make 
events now that are all about me having fun, um, but also I make money as well. Right. Right. Yeah. That's very wise. So what is, I've got two questions. They're like the opposite of each other. What is the best thing or best things about being a smart answer? Oh, the best thing. Um, all the people you meet, uh-huh. uh, all the experiences you have, um, and the and the freedom that you have to work when you want and how you want. Yeah. Um, you don't have to do nine to five. Right. I think those are definitely positives. Right. And what are the tough bits, the worst bits about it? What are the bits that have been particularly challenging or? Um, when you are writing something and it feels like you're pulling teeth. <laughs> and, <laughs> I, know, I know exactly yeah, what you mean. Yeah. When, when it should really just be a very simple, straightforward something, but for some reason it it's just angry. isn't coming. Yeah, exactly. Um, maybe you are, are writing a kind of thing that you've written a hundred of before. Yeah. And you're just kind of bored of that particular style. Yeah. That's really hard. You just have to keep pushing forward and keep going. Um, and, you know, when things don't turn out quite how you expect. Yeah. Um, that can, you know, maybe you get a bit of uh, feedback that's a little bit hard. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've, we all need a bit of constructive criticism and that's part of, like learning how to be a smart answer, sure. understanding sure. why people say no and um, how that you're not actually perfect and maybe somebody knows a little bit of something and they can help you out mm-hmm. um, and change, your, change things up a bit. Right, that's fair. I think one of the things for me is when the article that they have asked you to write, it's too broad, like it's a yeah. ginormous topic. And you're like, I could make, like, there's three, you could make three articles about this, or we could do 3,000 words. Those are the ones where I'm like, oh, this should be easy because I know so much about this. But actually, that's really incredibly hard because, as you said, it's that skill to keep it interesting, not have it go on for 3,000 words, um, but kind of condense it down into, like, as you said, maybe somewhere around the 800 word mark. Um, yeah, yeah. And those often are the ones that kind of catch me out because when I look and go, oh, that'll be easy. I can bash that out in. Uh, that's going to be really easy. And then you sit down to write it and yeah. you're like, oh, I should know this was a really bad idea. I should not have left this so late because actually it like it wrong fits you because it, it, it does appear to be so easy. But actually, it's not because there's so much you could write. Exactly. And, and yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's like when you go, oh, yeah, that'll be easy. Uh-huh. And then you just have this whole whole wall of things that you could write. And you're like, no, 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 I can't do all this. I have to keep it succinct and to the point. But what is the point? There's so much I can talk about. Right. And where yeah. do I start? And what do you leave out? And the, yeah. the, those are the ones where I'm like, oh, my God, this was agony when it shouldn't have been. Um, yeah, that's, that's exactly a big difference between the article writing and the fiction. Because yeah. in fiction... If your story just decides that it wants to be much longer than you thought it was in the beginning, oh, well, right. unless you're writing to a deadline, it doesn't really matter. Or, sure. you know, call for submission. But when you're doing an article, 
You can't do that. You can't just go, do you know you wanted 800 words? Well, I've got 8,000. Will that be okay? <laughs> it's not going to be okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, they're the tricky ones. <laughs> Definitely. So, okay. Well, I feel that it probably goes without saying that this is what you plan to continue doing into the future. It is indeed. It is, it is the, my way of life. It's how I make money. Right. This is my only way of making money. Right. And I mean, when you think back, I think it's a little, you're, in some ways, our, our journeys are not the same, but maybe as our experiences are similar in the fact that we both started off. I mean, I was the same as you. I had written stories online for free and uh-huh. put them out there and then felt kind of disconnected from them really it was like I, I was publishing them on this website like Literotica but not um and it was like really nice but then it was like oh they're just out there they're not like I, I didn't feel connected to them anymore and so uh-huh. that was where I was like oh I wonder if I had a blog and it was like my name whether I'd feel better about it and also my other thing was that I was terrible at finishing them so I had tons uh-huh. of unfinished stories and I thought oh you know what if I had a blog then maybe it would like appeal to my kind of slight OCD and self-discipline and it would make me do the finish the story. And that is why, um, and I've told this story a lot, that's why my blog was originally called Molly's Daily Kiss, because I was insane enough to think I was going to write something every day. Um, Of course, that very quickly became evident that I was in fact crazy (laughs) that wasn't going to happen but the name I kept the name because I decided whatever day you go there there's a kiss for you yeah yeah. but um yeah so that was originally so a bit like you it was like oh I you know I I could do this thing there was no like real plan at that point for it to be anything more than an exploration yeah I've, I've been exactly the same there's been no plan in what I've done at all um it's literally just been one thing has led very serendipitously into another Mm -hmm. um I have no idea how somewhere along the lines I got into event organizing um honestly I do not feel like I'm a particularly organized person and and uh, when people go oh my goodness you're so good at this you're you're really organized I'm like really wow okay (laughs) I'm a good actor quite clearly (laughs) obviously yes yeah like you wouldn't believe but it's just things are naturally sort of just my my curiosity I suppose and my creativity has just kept moving me along um I my blog was just basically I was told that when I was published you need to have a blog Mm -hmm. there was no nothing else apart from that so that's why in the in the back days you'll go back and look at my stuff and it's all the same because all I'm doing is like this blog only exists because I'm using it to promote my work. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until I think probably about five years ago that it started to be more about me and become something that I'm actually more proud of because of that, because that, that is me. Right. Uh, but everything has just been a process and it's right. just been me following various different lines of inquiry, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And there are things that have had to to the wayside as well which is, is the not so happy side of some advancing but sometimes something you really want to work doesn't work so the author events we used to do they were great fun but they got to a point where they they were costing us money 
mm-hmm. you know, we weren't making anything from them. So we had to make a very hard decision to go, no, we can't do that now. We have right. to change and do something else. Right. Um, and letting projects like that go can be really hard, especially when they have been associated with creating community and, and yeah, friendships. Exactly. exactly. And one of the things that I really love about the um, events that we do is seeing the connections that come from them um, and the friendships that have come from them mm-hmm. um, and the business relationships that have come from them as well, even. Sure. Um, and having to go, well, no, we have to say, no, we can't do these anymore, was really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes you have to put your energy into things that, you know, not as it sounds very sort of, Money you have in, but basically things that will reward you for your time that you put in. Sure. Um, you, you only have enough, so much energy. You only have so much time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and as I said to you, this is my only way of making money. So right. I have to make sure that I am doing that thing. Right. So using your time wisely, really, and and sometimes making tough decisions and saying, you know what, this thing has to go, even though I love it, it doesn't. It, it doesn't do what I need it to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that can be really hard to find uh-huh. and work out for yourself. Sometimes you can be holding on to something with a death grip because you love it so much. <laughs> um, but sometimes you just have to peel the fingers back and go, actually, no, I need to just step back. Right. Something else. Right. And then your something else will become that. Sure. as well you know journey life's a journey and sometimes you disappear off a down a bit of a dead end but it was a lovely journey right you know? like um then you have to like refine the path you just took the scenic route that's what my granddad always said when he got inverted uh-huh. couples lost he was just taking the scenic route yeah i like that saying my dad has a similar one which is like we just yeah he's the same it just we just took the scenic route it's like um it's a good it's a good attitude I think to have to rather because otherwise you can be admonishing yourself whereas actually if you just go huh okay well that was a roundabout way of getting here exactly and I think it's very easy to not do anything because you might be scared that it won't work yes uh I'm a very anxious person and it takes a lot for me to get past the whole, well, this could go wrong and that could go wrong and this could go wrong and, and that could also go wrong and it could all go wrong and it could just all explode. Right. Uh, so I'm curious, what is your advice about that? Like if you are that super anxious person and perhaps, I don't know, find it easy to talk, to talk yourself out of things, how have you dealt with that and overcome that over the years? For me, it's very much uh, constant looking at it and concentrating on the positives because for me um you can I will focus on those negatives on those things that could go wrong but what I force myself to do is almost do a pros and cons list and then I can see that there's this long list of things that could really go right and could be really brilliantly amazing Uh and then this small list of things that might go a bit wrong right uh and a lot of those things might not actually be terribly horrific things either, you know? Uh-huh. Sometimes things go wrong, and actually that's the best thing, because you can change it and make it better. 
so realizing that my anxiety is the thing that's holding me back helped me because it made me go, okay, actually, this is just the voices in my head um, trying to hold me back. But actually, I'm going to give something a go. Right. Scary. It's so scary. Living life involves being terrified a lot, I find. Um, But (laughs) being terrified often leads to brilliant things. Yeah. You know? And you've just got to take that tiny little step out of your comfort zone. Right. And give it a go. Right. And that's interesting, as you said, like kind of writing down the pros and cons often makes you realize that actually the cons aren't as perhaps monstrous as you your anxiety has allowed you to believe. And that actually kind of Mm -hmm. putting it down in that sense can give you a better perspective on it. Exactly. And when you start to see then, you can also see that, okay, so maybe um, there's a a con that is just something that you can go, well, yeah, somebody might fall over and hurt themselves. Well, I can have a first aid kit. Mm -hmm. You know, things like this, you can go, oh, and I need to look up health and safety issues or or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I could pitch something to this person who I adore and I think is brilliant and they could say no. And instead of going, oh, that's going to break my heart and I'll never be able to write again, you can go, well, no, it just didn't fit what they wanted right now. Right. You know, it doesn't mean that you're not good at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can put into place things to sort of help yourself. Uh-huh. Those, those points where you might feel like, oh, God, I can't carry on because I've had this criticism or this has been knocked back and it was my opus and I loved it and it's brilliant and and they didn't like it well try somebody else right. because one person doesn't like it somebody else might now yeah. if you said that same piece to lots of people and they're all telling you the same thing well then you know that you do need to change that same thing sure. just you've got to be open mm-hmm. to you know changing things up sometimes Right. Uh, you might think it's the most perfect thing in all the world in, in the way it is now. Sure. Because we, we get like that around our, our writing and things. But when somebody else has told you or several somebody else has told you that you need to do something slightly differently, then it's worth listening, I think. Right. Um, yeah, I, I hate my personal thing is I hate editing. Um, I hate being edited. But... I wouldn't be where I am now if it wasn't for some wonderful editors who made me stop writing six or seven words when one would actually do uh, and helped me to pull out all the as's and then's and and then's and all that kind of thing that I thought was part of me and my style, which was actually, you know, it just made right. me harder to read. Right. So, I mean, that's I think that's a really good piece of advice there, actually, which is being open to learning and adapting your craft and skill, really. Definitely. Um, You don't know it all. I don't know it all. Nobody knows it all. Um, So be open to learning new stuff. Right. Well, I think that's a fabulous note for us to end on. Thank you very much, Victoria, for coming and chatting to me on the Smart Lancer podcast. There will be, um, obviously, links in the show notes so you can poodle off and go and find Victoria in her various places where she hangs out. 
But just for the people who are listening, Victoria, where can people find you? Okay, well, I'm everywhere, but my main <laughs> place you can find me is Victoria Bliss, which is spelled with an E. .co.uk, that's my uh, blog. Um, but you can also find me on all the social media, so Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, and it's always Victoria Bliss. Um, right. So find. See, she's easy, girl. <laughs> I am. I'm so easy. <laughs> <laughs> on that fabulously appropriate note, uh, <laughs> thank you again, Victoria, for joining me. I'm so glad we finally managed to do this after all our technical glitches and whatever. Um, so thank you for being a guest on the Smart Master podcast. And thank you for having me. I've had a great time. Thanks. You are more than welcome. And I will be back very soon, listeners, with something else for you next month. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smut Lancer podcast. If you like what you just heard, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app and check out the blog, past episodes, and other great information at thesmutlancer.com. You can follow the Smut Lancer on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. It's at the Smut Lancer in all three places. Or follow Eroticon on Twitter or Instagram at Eroticon UK, all one word, Eroticon UK. For more tips, tricks, and help from your fellow Smut Lancers, join us at patreon.com slash thesmutlancers. Thanks for listening. Let's do this again next week. Mm-hmm.